Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, and I'm super excited for today's conversation and today's guest. I'm joined by Meredith Oak, who is the co-founder of Quantum Health TV, the world's first video streaming channel focused on decentralizing health education, where medical experts break down the emerging science of circadian health and quantum biology. She's an ICF accredited executive coach and has lived and worked on three continents, helping clients from all over the world to improve their lives by changing their beliefs and habits. She began her career working in media, covering entertainment and interviewing movie stars before she shifted into communications and coaching. And now through Quantum Health TV, she is helping people suffering from chronic illness by providing accessible information that is years ahead of what most doctors and naturopaths are currently practicing. Except for me, I'm just kidding. We'll talk about that. (laughs) And she's married with three children and a proud global nomad. So Meredith, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And you know, what's funny is I wrote that bio um, a little less than a year ago. And you're right. I already need to update it because the light conversation is catching on. Yeah. <laughs> At least and, with the naturopaths. <laughs> yeah. And that is, we're going to, so for those, our listeners, we're going to be talking about light on this. And I'm also really excited to, you know, just kind of give an introduction at least to what is quantum biology. You know, I've talked on the show because my PhD that I'm finishing is in quantum physics. And I found the further I get into it, the more I'm like, when people ask what I do, I'm like, yeah, it's not really functional medicine. It's not really coaching. It's not even really just integrative medicine because the whole quantum conversation just brings a whole new level to it. But um, let's just yes. start this journey by just, you know, hearing a little of your story and how, how you've arrived at this place in your life. Sure. Yeah. And I've actually had that conversation with many practitioners and um, they've landed on quantum clinician and quantum practitioner are some of the things that they call themselves. Okay. Yeah. Just to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> because you're right. It's, it's a complete paradigm shift. So yeah. none of the um, existing titles fit it because they were all created for the previous paradigm, which were yes. in the process of moving out of. Um, and yeah, I started to go down the rabbit hole of quantum biology by by learning about light and circadian biology, um, which I, I kind of think of as interchangeable. Um, I had, uh, I have three children and I had my third baby, um, when I was just, uh, yeah, like three days before I turned 40. Um, and, uh, it's magical. I love, like, she's fantastic. And it was a last, you know, a last minute decision. And it's been so great. Cause I have lots of ages of children. Um, but I, after that pregnancy, I had really, really severe chronic fatigue. Um, and I know that for a lot of different, for a lot of women in their forties, that fatigue piece is really the symptom. 
Um, and it's a tricky one because it doesn't show up on any labs. And, you know, I did all the, I did all the things people do. I went to the doctor and they ran my labs. They're like, no, you're fine. I'm like, but I'm not fine. Um, and I went to an acupuncturist and he was like, wow, there's something really off, but like, he couldn't necessarily like tell me what it was, but he at least I could tell that there was something off. Um, and so I started on a multi-year process of trying to, you know, understand why I would sleep for 10 hours and wake up exhausted. Um, why some days I could barely like walk down the hall. Some days were okay. You know, like I just could never quite get a handle on it. So, um, I did lots of things. I did, uh, you know, supplements, I did food, I, you know, you know, really looking at what I was eating, um, which seemed to be like the main things, uh, and I'm not like a food person. Like I love eating food, but, and I'm a bit ADHD. So focusing on details is like really not something I enjoy. So micromanaging food was just like, it was so painful to me that it forced me. I was like, there has to be something else because, you know, and my, my eldest daughter was all having a lot of digestive issues. And it just, you know, every time I would look for answers, it just kept coming back to like food, food, food. And like, there has to be something else. Um, so I just, I got really quiet one day and I was like, okay, I, I like, I listen to so many podcasts. I do so much research. Like there must be some, something somewhere in my consciousness that has a clue to lead me forward where I'm not going to like have to make ketogenic meals for my nine-year-old every day for the rest of my life. Um, and I just remembered an interview that I had seen that I thought was interesting, but didn't really give it too much thought. And it was about, uh, the importance of sunlight and circadian rhythm to every aspect of our health. So I went back and rewatched it um, from a place of being desperate as opposed to just being like, and, you know, looking for something interesting to listen to. Um, and I just had one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, I'm doing everything wrong. <laughs> like I'm just trashing my circadian rhythm. And then the more I researched it, the more I understood how that actually informs everything. So now I have um, a platform where I, I just interview people on this topic and create videos. And we're working on a directory of practitioners, which I'd love to have you in there of people who yeah. understand this approach. Um, Cause it's like, if you don't, you can do all of this amazing work in so many areas, but if you don't optimize your light environment, um, you're just like sabotaging yourself at every turn. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Wow. So we have so much to unpack here. <laughs> Let's start off with, and I've like talked about circadian rhythm some on the show, but not probably not in the depth that we're about to. And I'm, I'm assuming that as you've started to do this work, like your energy came back, right? Yes. But yeah. Um, yes. And that is so huge because you're right. Like pretty much every single woman I've ever worked with or talked to in their forties and fifties is like, I'm exhausted and I have no motivation. And it's like, I don't know what came first, but I can't do the things. Cause we all know the things to do. Right. And a lot of, and some of us are even doing the things and they don't make any difference. Yeah. So I love to have these conversations. That's like, here's a big piece of what you're missing. Like I focus on emotional health, but this is another big one of them. So let's just define like what, what, yeah. what do we mean by circadian health? So circadian rhythm was something that, you know, I had kind of thought about tangentially and we lived overseas for a while. So I only ever really thought about it in terms of jet lag, right? Like <laughs> if you fly across time zones, your circadian rhythm's all off and you yep. have to, you know, and people would say, 
like the best way to reset your circadian rhythm to your new location is to spend a lot of time outside. So your body knows what time it is. And I was always like, Oh, that's a great idea. But that logic holds true every day. Like even if you're not traveling and even if you're not jet lagged and the more I looked into it, the more I realized that circadian rhythm is not like like a sidebar. Like it actually programs everything that's happening in our body from our digestion to uh the quality of sleep that we get, our, our hormones, like everything, like all of the things that women have problems with really start to notice their issues with in their forties and fifties, those things are all controlled by circadian rhythm. Um, and so the, the good news is, is that it's really just a question of, of, of knowing that once you know it, it's not that hard to change, you know, to make it better. We just, we don't know what we don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so the, the solution is to optimize healing light, which is natural light from the sun or light from a fire, or maybe a, a specialized infrared light and minimize toxic light, which is everything, <laughs> anything that plugs in <laughs> all the LEDs, all the screens, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So it's really, and it's one of those things where you can start with baby steps and even the smallest little changes have a huge impact. And then as, as you more energy comes, you learn more, you start. So I'm, I'm like been doing this for years and I'm still like continuously, like finding new ways to shift it. So we can talk about like the actual practical steps of that. Um, but that's kind of the overview is that circadian biology controls everything. Um, and we are unwittingly completely derailing it by, with our modern lifestyles. Yeah. So let's talk about what that looks like. Cause, um, I just saw one of your talking points is why blue light is the new sugar and sunscreen is migraine. And <laughs> no one is talking about it. So let's dive into this because for anyone yeah. else, I don't wear sunscreen either. And we can talk about why that is, um, yeah. and you're, you're one of those, but you know, getting into this. Cause especially uh, you know, with like, I've gone virtual and currently where I record, I'm recording this, you know, I was watching a video I'm under my stairs. And so I have like extra lights and stuff. Cause I don't have a window that I can sit in front of and not have my kid interrupt me. Um, you know, my office is under the stairs. I'm like Harry Potter, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're inside all the time and we're plus I live in Alaska, which is a whole other conversation, but like how do, how do we start to take control of this? Like where, where do we go? Um, okay. So the, the first thing is I'll start with, with exposure to healing light. Um, so it's like, there's changes we want to make to get us the, the light that we need. And then changes that we want to make to limit the light that's hurting us. Um, and so I say that, um, blue light is the new sugar because blue light, um, on its own, there, there, there is blue light as part of the spectrum of sunlight, but it's balanced out by a whole bunch of other kind of light. Whereas in your computer, it's just the blue light. So it's like, if you just took the sugar out of an apple and just had the sugar, right. It's not the same thing as eating an apple. <clears throat> um, so, and it, it also weirdly, and I, I can't get into like the exact scientific mechanism of how this works, but blue light does raise your blood sugar. So you can be eating a carb-free diet or whatever else people do. Um, but if you're triggering your um, mitochondria in the wrong way with the wrong kind of light, you can still have a really high 
blood sugar level and all of the negative effects that go with that. So the first thing um, in terms of uh, getting the right kind of light, the right kind of healing light would be if we went through, you know, the course of a day, when we wake up in the morning, we want the first light that hits our eyes to be sunlight. So, and it can't be through a window and let it can be through an open window. A screen is fine, but not through glass. So if we wake up in the morning, um, part of the habit should be either to open a window and sit by it, or ideally to go outside around the time of sunrise. So this gets tricky if sunrise sunrise is really, really late or really, really early, but no matter what is happening with the sun, you want to wake up and go outside because the, the sun is beaming down a certain type of a certain frequency that is specific to that time of day. And our bodies, our eyes, our mitochondria is programmed to receive that information. And that information tells our body, okay, start making these hormones start to, you know, it like turns on all of the daytime switches. And then as we go through our day, we want to expose ourselves to sunlight as frequently as possible. Um, even, you know, if you think about like people used to take cigarette breaks outside, <laughs> you know, take a sunlight break, like, however, you know, at least, at le I would say once an hour if you can, but because this, the frequency of the light coming from the sun changes throughout the day. And so you would, you want to think about it in a way where if it was like, if I asked my skin or my eyeballs about what time it was, you would want them to know based on what light they've been getting. Um, and, and if you want to, you know, take this as far as you can, you want to be wearing as little clothing as possible because your, your skin is actually has these receptors as well. But the key thing is to just get outside as much as possible during the day. And then once the sun starts to set, you want to adapt your home environment to reflect your, your, your inside environment should be as close as possible to what's happening outside. So if it's high noon, you can have all your lights on and be on your laptop, like whatever, it's fine. But as you move towards darkness, you want to start to dim your interior environment. Um, so I turn off the overhead LEDs and switch on incandescent lamps um, earlier in the evening. Um, and then if we're watching TV or whatever, you wear quality blue blocking glasses. And then like right before bed, the for reading, the light bulbs that I have in my bedroom are red so that I don't actually have to turn on any other light except red, because that will not disrupt the circadian rhythm. Because um, what happens is the early morning light triggers the production of melatonin. And we're making melatonin all day long in response to the right kind of light. Then when we go to sleep, you want your room to be as dark as possible, like a cave. And that switches on where we start to use the melatonin. So while we're sleeping, the melatonin does all of the, you know, triggers all of the amazing restorative effects of sleep. Um, but that doesn't happen if we've screwed up our light in the hours leading up to bedtime, or we haven't gone outside enough in order to make enough melatonin to have that release be um, effective once we're sleeping. For everyone taking melatonin to sleep at night, this should have just rocked your world. <laughs> That's yeah. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you probably don't want to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Unless I would say the only time is, is if you are traveling and you're jet lagged and you just need to sleep, but that would be based on the, the experts that I've interviewed. That's the only time that they would recommend taking exogenous melatonin. Okay. So interesting. So many things. Um, and so <laughs> I totally agree with you. There's like, this is a huge piece of everything, like whole piece of the pie, because, you know, we have all these processes that happen during the day with hormones, with, you know, things being set by our biological clock, which is the circadian rhythm. And then, especially when we're talking about like hormone balance and weight loss and the stuff that I talk about on this show, a lot of that actually happens at night because cortisol finally decreases and human growth hormone is the highest that's ever been. And your oxytocin goes high, like all of these things that are necessary to just be healthy and have normal function happen at night. And so then we've got like light disruption plus menopause, plus like, you know, whatever else going on. And it's no wonder that we all feel like crap. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's unless someone has told us this, or we have just a really strong intuitive sense, it's basically impossible to feel good. If we just kind of live according to like what has become the norm. Yeah. In terms of light. Yeah. And, you know, so much of our technologically advancing world, I think has really affected our health. Yes. (laughs) Because we have lights and TVs and, you know, it can be daytime at whatever time. And I'm curious to get your input. Sorry. I just choked myself around. So let me describe Alaska because everyone's like, Oh, isn't it dark all the time? I'm like, no, actually (laughs) it is light (laughs) like 22 hours of the day, more of the year than it is dark. (laughs) You know, we, we do have our period in December where our shortest day is like two hours of daylight. The sun rises at 11 and sets by one, um, which is crazy. And then it's kind of like this, it's pretty, it's like this twilighty color for a while and then it just gets dark. But, um, in the summer, like where we're heading to now, I mean, right now our sunset isn't until 11. So we're currently going to bed when it's still daytime and we have blackout curtains and have all the things, but you know, I don't know if you've interviewed anyone or have any input. Obviously I have listeners everywhere, but some of us are are dealing with this craziness where I'm like, I have so many health problems because I live in Alaska, but it's a beautiful place. So it's okay. Um, you know, how do you adapt for that? Cause the tendency here is like people do so much in the summer and then it's like, literally we go into hibernation and no one has any energy and we're just kind of in the, the whatever. Um, and so, you know, people are using like sad lamps and that kind of stuff. I'm curious what your input is on those. Cause I'm not convinced that they're actually all good light um, right. either. Yes. So for the lamps, it really depends. There are some quality ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of not, not good ones. Um, but I mean, the cool thing about circadian biology is that, um, there are some super high quality products that really help, but also you don't necessarily need to buy stuff, right? Like if you really wanted to just live an optimized circadian life, you would just use the, you know, be outside during the day and after sunset have only candles, (laughs) you would never need to buy a single thing. (laughs) Um, uh, so I, um, did several interviews on this because, um, as I, I just mentioned, we use, we moved to New York state recently and I've spent quite a lot of time at high latitude, you know, not quite as high latitude as Alaska, but, um, we were in France and I'm from Canada. So, and yes, the, the winter is always a time where people just kind of expect to, to feel 
lower energy, especially when you get to like February or March and it's been many months of that. Um, what I learned by doing, um, you know, in the interviews that I did, uh, in the fall, like to prepare for this winter is that you will, you can get everything you need in terms of optimized light, uh, from the sun in the winter. It just takes longer. So it means being outside for long periods of time, right? Like going for like a, a big long walk every day where you're outside without a hat or sunglasses for like at least half an hour, ideally longer. Um, and so a lot of it is because we tend to stay inside when it's cold. Right. We're talking <laughs> um, so what, yeah, right my big takeaway <laughs> was that like, like the the seasonal depression and the and the lack of energy, um, you know, like that's not nature. That's the way I live during the winter. It's mm -hmm. my lifestyle that's that's causing me to have that because it's putting me out of sync. And temperature is also like on a quantum level. Temperature is also part of our circadian rhythm. So if we're in in our heated house all the time. Um, we're not getting those, we're not getting the messages from the sun. We're not, our body can't tell what time of year it is. Um, so from a, from a health perspective, we, mother nature just takes care of us, right? Like we just need to spend more time with her. Um, from a, from a kind of diff slightly different perspective though, I think we are kind of, for those of us who live in places with seasons, like winter is a slower time. Um, a lot of people I talk to who are really deep into circadian biology, like we all go to bed a lot earlier in the winter. Um, we gain a few pounds, not a lot, but like, you know, we tend to like gain a little bit of weight. Um, and it's just a, a slightly different rhythm than the summer, which is totally fine. So what I, I find that the best way to manage that is to spend as much time outside as possible um, and go to bed really early. <laughs> yeah. And I think just have some grace for ourselves and, you know, expect like other animals sleep more during yeah. the winter and like, that's okay. And so we have our, I, I think so many of us run into trouble by we're somehow trying to fight against nature in a lot of ways. And like, you know, we have to look a certain way and be a certain weight and like all this stuff. And a lot of times we need to just let go of that and <laughs> Yeah, and absolutely. Nature. And it's like, we don't, yeah. we don't go out for dinner with friends that often during the winter. Cause we eat dinner at like five, five 30 <laughs> and go to bed at eight 30. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's just kind of how it is in the winter. So for us, so yeah, yeah, there's definitely that piece of just allowing ourselves to slow down and have a different, you know, like feel through what we need and give it to ourselves without worrying too much about, you know, being less productive or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so cool. So the other thing I wanted to pick your brain about at this point anyways, um, is red light because I got exposed to, there's a, a company that I utilized some of their products, um, but they were at a, like one of the trade show people, whatever at a conference I went to mm -hmm. and they had this red light, you know, 
heating pad thing that you can lay on. And it was February. So I was like outside of Alaska, but you know, my body was just deprived and I walked by it and I felt like it was just singing to me, like, please come get on me. Like I want you. Um, so what is it about red light? And I've got like, we leave a light on for my son. Um, and I changed it to a red light bulb. And now my husband calls it the red light district, but (laughs) like any lights that have to stay on all that, I'm like, it has to be red. So let's talk about why you can help me explain why this is a thing. (laughs) Um, Um, okay. So there, so first of all, there's two, like, like the red light bulb that you have, or the red light bulb that I have in my bedroom for reading at night is, um, it's not therapeutic in any way. It just only has red in in the color spectrum. Um, and, uh, the, the red does not disrupt circadian biology. If you're talking about, um, a therapeutic red light, um, those have infrared as yeah. well. And so it, the infrared there's that, there's actually a study, um, that came out, I think just in the last like 18 months, um, that actually shows that infrared light, which is what comes out of the sun on our skin triggers the creation of melatonin. And we're actually supposed to be making melatonin that way. And the melatonin that is in the pineal gland is sort of like the backup, whereas most of us just rely on that. So any, so Another thing to do during the winter that I forgot to mention is infrared sauna or even having one of these therapeutic red lights or perhaps the the device that you tried at the trade show, right? Where it's like yeah. um, exposing our skin to infrared light is really going to help with triggering the melatonin and the heat helps as well. Yeah. So in um, a couple things to look out for because there are more and more and more products coming on the market and some of them are fantastic uh, is just you want to measure like what the EMF output is of, of any device um, before you buy it. And you want to be able to test the flicker rate, um, which is something that you can't see with your naked eye. But if you record it with your uh, in the slow motion setting on your iPhone and play it back. You can see how much it's flickering. So we want less flicker. Yeah. You want less flicker. flicker. Yeah. Cause the it's, we don't, um, we can't see it consciously, but, uh, it, it stresses out our cells to have to the, the flicker. And that's something you want to test on any, on any light bulb. Um, so we had someone come and test that stuff in our house and we had these great red light bulbs reading before bed, but then he came and tested them. And one of my husband's was great. And mine was like filled with flicker. So, we, you know, <laughs> just, we're continuously learning yeah. <laughs> new things. So I think, um, yeah, assuming that the, the flicker is low and the EMF is low infrared, um, devices are very, very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm not going to say what it is yet. Cause I, I have a infrared, um, heating pad that I use and you can actually hang it on your shower door and kind of turn your shower into like an infrared. Oh, cool. Sauna experience. And it was like the <laughs> not buying a sauna way to get into this, but now I'm going to have to check, test the flicker. And if the flicker's good, I will put the link on Perfect. order it in the show notes to this. Um, I had another thought there as well. We'll come back to it. So all right. So we've got that. Have you found, I'm, I'm just curious more for myself, but is there a brand or a certain like red light bulb that you found that is quality in terms of, um, so for, 
for light bulbs to like to light your home, um, I've found a company out of uh, Australia. I believe it's blockbluelight.au. I can double check that. Um, okay, you can have the correct link. Um, yeah. And they make they make a range of light bulbs. They are they're low EMF. They're low flicker. They know they studied all the things, mm-hmm. um, and they make a whole range of like light bulb type products, which is just basically to, to make sure that the light that you're using to see and live your life is matching up with what's going on outside. They even have this new light bulb where you turn it on and it's like a daytime, it gives like daytime light and then you flip the switch and it's, and it goes to a more incandescent glowy for the nighttime. <laughs> like they've, it's very, oh, cool. Cool. That is very um, cool. and then for, for more therapeutic, um, infrared light, uh, I like EMR tech and, um, Midwestern like Midwestern light therapy. I think it is. Those are both, those are okay. both really solid companies. Okay. I'll do some research on those because as well, I haven't heard of those either, but it's really interesting talking about EMF as well. And we could dive into this a little bit because, you know, EMF is electric magnetic field that's around us. Um, one of the courses I'm just finishing up in my program actually, it's like one of the last two I have to do, but it's on PEMF, which is kind of our connection to earth and talks a lot about circadian rhythm and flow. And most of us are lacking this because no one walks around barefoot anymore. or We live on concrete, (laughs) (laughs) all the things. Um, But he talks about, you know, less is more. And there's actually a certain range. I forget the guy's name. I'll, I'll have to look it up and I can add a link to his book. It's really interesting. He's a very strange guy to listen to talk, but um, very he has interesting thoughts on all of this because there's devices and stuff that also help with that. But a lot of it is like, we don't want, we, we want to reconnect with our EMF and have that input, but we don't want too much of it. Cause yeah. if you go too far, then you're still disrupting things in a negative oh, way. That's really interesting. Yeah. But, and yeah, that's also, I mean, I didn't want to throw too much at everyone at one time, but yeah, when you're outside, um, especially at sunrise, like ideally you would be barefoot on the grass or wearing grounding shoes. Um, yeah. Um, because, and for those, yeah. yeah. And there's companies that make things where you actually connect them to a grounded socket. Like you can even put them on your bed or I don't know. I haven't researched them enough to say like, this one really works. And this one is like, you know, totally pulling your leg or whatnot. But for those of us in Alaska where, you know, it's April 25th when we're recording this and I still have three and a half feet on the ground (laughs) of snow on the ground. (laughs) We're not going outside barefoot. Um, (laughs) You know, for those in those climates and situations, maybe you have some advice, but I would just say, do what you can. (laughs) Like, you know, recognize that doing the best you can is great. If it is 40 below where you live and there's, a few in the winter and there's a few days where you don't want to go freeze your nose hairs being outside like or can't actually go out. That's all right. We make up for it in other ways, you know, being intentional with how we're using light in the home and. Yes. Absolutely. And, and, you know, like, yes, ideally we're outside all the time, but even, you know, if it's freezing cold or for whatever reason, like just, going outside for like a minute is better than not or opening a window for 30 seconds, right? Like it doesn't, um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't have to be like every, when it, right. Like on a quantum scale, the, the effects are asymmetric. So every little bit 
makes a big difference. Yeah. So if all, if somebody just like ordered some blue blockers and opens their window for a few minutes in the morning, mm -hmm. that's great. Yep. That's yep. amazing. Absolutely. And do that for a bit and see how you feel for yeah. sure. And blue blockers, like I've gotten out of the habit again and I kind of go through phases with it, but you know, generally, especially if I'm going to be on the screen all day, I will actually wear them when I'm not recording interviews. <laughs> they look yeah. really weird. <laughs> Or, you know, certainly at night, you know, if we're going to be watching TV or something, I'll put them on after, yeah. you know. And then if you're wearing them during the day, though, you want to make sure you're wearing daytime blockers. Yes. Yes. Yep. Not because sure. I had that learning curve as well. I just ordered a pair of orange blockers. <laughs> I put them on during the day and then I get really sleepy and I'm like, oh, I'm just screwing up my rhythm. But <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you do need a little blue light during the day. It's part of nature's rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and for those interested, there's a company I used and got introduced to, but they have the difference. So they have like daytime, they have kind of more twilight and then they have true night blockers, which are more the orange. They look super weird. Like you look kind of like an alien, but yeah, <laughs> that is, especially those of us in Alaska, that's a way to help kind of keep that rhythm, even when we have all day daytime or all night at nighttime. So yeah. And there's a company, um, Viva Rays, they have like, um, you can just, you just buy the frames and then you clip off the lens that they, it comes with three oh, lenses and cool. you clip them on and off yeah. depending what, which one you need. So I'm going to have a fun innovation that, that yeah. they came up with. Yeah. Very cool. I used to have glasses for cross country skiing that were like that. Like I had amber lenses and like clear lenses and then yellow, just depending on the snowfall so that you could, like, oh, cool. the weather was like, it was, yeah. Interesting. I'll have to check those out. Cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. And well, yeah, think... That's actually also a good point. I do like to say, if you're skiing or out on a boat, you probably do want to protect your eyes. <laughs> uh, we, you know, just walking around outside, I, I, you know, would never, ever recommend sunglasses um, they they're totally useless and in fact are causing harm. But yeah, if this, if the sun is reflecting off something, then that's slightly different and you do want to have some protection on anyone to burn their eyeballs out. So yeah, exactly. I did that skiing <laughs> once. My husband and I were like, Oh, we don't wear sunglasses anymore. And then one day skiing with them, we we're like, okay, high altitude and lots of snow. <laughs> we put our goggles back on. And I will say, um, cause I was just at altitude a couple of weeks ago and kind of forgot. I used to live in Colorado and you know, where we are in Alaska, we're not at altitude, but I was at, uh, Lake Tahoe and just out for the day, totally didn't think about it. And I actually got sunburned on my face. I was like, Oh yeah. So this will be the last part of our conversation. Cause I know you don't use sunscreen and I'm pretty anti like any of that. What is the reasoning behind that? And how do we still protect ourselves? from like skin cancer. Right. I, yes. I'm of the opinion sunscreen is not what does that, but like, I love your input. Yes. I am of the same opinion. I think, um, sunscreen is like blocking out the sun's natural healing light, um, yeah. and coating our bodies with chemicals. So it's like, we're basically just poisoning ourselves and stopping ourselves from the healing effects that would be happening if we didn't put it on. Um, that being said, again, uh, if you're in a situation like skiing, um, I put zinc on my face, um, because in that situation, like you're outside and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, 
because as much as you do want to be outside as much as possible and absorbing as much, you know, our bodies are like, if we think of our bodies as like a solar panel and we just want to be Mm -hmm. absorbing as much as we can. Um, and I think a good guidance is like up to the point where you start to get a little pink and getting a little pink is okay, but you don't, you you don't want to burn that that's not a goal ever. Um, so instead of sunscreen, I think it, I've started to um, just kind of notice when I feel like I'm about to burn and I go in the shade or I put on a hat or I put on a shirt or something like that. Um, And then a little while later, I start, you know, I feel like I can be back in the sun again. So I think that, um, you know, from an intuitive point of view, like we can just kind of get in sync and really start to notice. Um, If we want help with that, there's an app called DMinder, which tracks um, I didn't even, it's funny. I didn't even talk about vitamin D, which is obviously a main component big part of this yes. <laughs> big thing that the sun gives us, but it does so much more that I have. Uh, that's not even my focal point, but, um, there is an app called DMinder and it tells you, it will ge- geolocate you and tell you when vitamin D is available, uh, and how long you, how much vitamin D you're making based on how long you've been outside. And it also will give a little ding and be like, you should go in the shade now, or you should go inside now if you've been oh. too long. So that's another way. Um, but I find like when we first started getting into this, I find that like we humans are actually just really good about like animals, right? Like they just know when to go in the shade. We yeah. went on a vacation in Mexico. And I said to my children, like, if you start to feel like you've had too much sun, go in the shade. I'm not putting sun black on you. Okay. And uh, they did and they didn't burn. And the other thing is, if you are outside in the morning, uh, that the frequency of the light programs your skin in such a way that you create a bit of a natural SPF. So as the sun, the sunlight changes over over the course of the day, and you get to the point where the it, the UV comes in and it becomes really strong, your skin um, has a like a natural protective. Um, field to it just based on the fact that you were outside in the morning. So on that trip to Mexico, I made them get up and look at the sunrise every day. I told them to go in the shade when they felt like they'd had too much sun and nobody burned the whole time. That's awesome. And I think a valid point, you know, if the first time you're going outside at all in the day is at high noon. Yeah. That's going to be a problem. (laughs) Yes. No, exactly. So if you are going vacation somewhere warm and you're like, oh, that lady on the podcast said the sun is good for me. Like, and you go outside um, after eating a bunch of processed food at high noon without acclimating yourself. uh, Yeah. You'll probably burn. And that's not it. You don't, you want to work up to it gradually. Absolutely. Super interesting. I'm going to have to check out that app too, because I'm just curious what it says about a lot. (laughs) It's a little scary. The first time I downloaded it, I was, uh, I was in, we were living in France at the time and I downloaded it in like the end of October and I put in our stuff and it was like, your next vitamin D exposure is in 144 days. (laughs) I was like, what? Super interesting. So it gives you, yes. But again, if we live in a way where we're up, where we are optimizing our schedule to the light, Mm -hmm. um, that vitamin D crash that happens in the winter actually doesn't happen. There's, it's a whole other can of worms that we've started going down recently, but yeah. um, Very interesting. And especially, I'll just say this, we could 
probably spend like three hours talking about vitamin D, but because it's also a hormone in the body. And so there's a lot of things that happen with that. So yeah. Key takeaway, go outside. Yeah. <laughs> Start resetting <laughs> your, your circadian rhythm. Um, Cause there's yeah. only benefits to be had. Awesome. Yeah. Well, how can people connect with you? I know you have the um, channel that you host and whatnot, um, but where else can they go to just learn more, connect with you? Um, yeah. So we're, we're, we're on Instagram. So at quantum health TV, um, and we're fairly active on there. Um, that's a great place to find us. And we've, I've got lots of interviews up on there that, um, people can just watch and then yeah, quantumhealth.tv is the website. And we'll, we probably, by the time this airs, it will be, we'll have launched our directory. So if someone's listening to this and they want, you know, somebody to work with someone who understands this stuff, they can go in there and you'll be in there. Okay. <laughs> so the idea is that every, there are people in there across, like, you know, there's um, psychologists, there's MDs, there's personal trainers. Um, so whatever, like you're, you know, you need just to have some, someone in your life who can help, help you with the light stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and having, this is a conversation I haven't had in this much depth. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Alexandra. It was really great to be here. Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm -hmm.